hell's in there. It's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Game over, man. Game over. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. Don't fall asleep. Be birthday, Liz. Oh, shucks. I <laughs> uh, see so you're treating yourself like a like a very loved Broken Hill housewife with a Midorian lemonade, home brand lemonade at that. Well, it's the only way to treat yourself. Yeah, can I just say tonight's episode is brought to you by Sugar. <laughs> you surprised me with all the donuts in the world um, and yes. cake. And I'm on the Midorian lemonade. You're on the lemonade. Woo! Diabetes! I'm having sugar-free lemonade. It shit's getting real. Woo! Midori and lemonade is a very specific drink. Mm. Mm. That, that's It's two ends of the sexual spectrum. Yes. You're either under 18's netball discovering mm. your first love mm. or late 50's canteen mum <laughs> getting fingered by the school bursar. <laughs> behind the dumpster. Well, no, again, I grew up in a country town and you would attest to this. Midori is the fancy drink of choice yeah. that when you take your very best girl, you know, <laughs> into the pub. Your it's favourite sister. It's your once a month trip, biannual trip to in the local pub. You show her your fancy and that you care yeah. and that you're exotic by having a Midori illusion. It's... I don't know if they have Midori in the rest of the world. I'm sure they do. But of course they do. It's chartreuse for cowards is what it basically is. Someone on a tropical island somewhere, some shipwreck, all they had was access to honeydew and rock melon and they built a still and they and made... magic ensued. They made the most magical cocktail piece... Absolutely. ...in the world. And Absolutely. You, you growing up in Broken Hill and me in Port Perius at the same time, we're talking, mm-hmm. you know, going to the pub in the 1990s. No, I'm a day oh, out sorry. of my Sorry, shall I check your ID before I give you your birthday drink? Yes. Yes, I shall. But you, you'd remember going to the local nightclub, which mm-hmm. was just the local workers' bar mm-hmm. with a disco ball. Yeah. And they'd turn up the, the little four-track mixer they had to play whatever <laughs> club hit was big 10 years ago. In my case, it was uh, that I'm Blue song. That shit. Imagine being in Port Perry, upstairs at a nightclub with people who look like fucking orcs Mm. drinking Maduri shots listening to that song. (laughs) That is my childhood. It's your childhood. Yeah. Woo! (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Oh, look, see, my childhood is like... Me with big boobs being smuggled into a a cold chisel concert. By Um, by someone you knew, I hope. (laughs) At the Night Train, we're actually in a cold chisel uh, song. Night Train in Adelaide? No, the Night Train in Broken Hill. There was a Night Train in Broken Hill? There's a Night Train in Broken Hill. Oh, my God. Get on the program. Back in my era, Mm. when I played in the Guantanamo Bay City Rollers, Mm. we broke the digital projector screen at the Night Train. Excellent. And all I remember seeing happen was the singer in our band, Brett, whose thing was to get naked. It didn't yes. matter what was happening, he was getting naked. You told a lot of stories in which this guy seems to have got naked. He still occasionally sends me naked selfies, and not like the bad ones we get at the Gabin in the Woods Instagram, mm-hmm. diseased, weird little dicks. If you'd like to send us a dick pic, please send it at realmothman at gmail.com. <laughs> 
No one's emailing us or other. You're just now just dicks opening up to dicks. <laughs> no, that's not true. We've got we got one. No, we've had two. Oh, that's true. Put that up your caboose. Yeah. But all I remember seeing from the drums mm. is naked Brett mm-hmm. hanging onto this digital projector screen, which it turns out cost thousands of dollars. Ouch. And it eventually just gives way and he mm. lands on the ground covered in very expensive fabric. Oh. Oh. <laughs> but just imagine seeing a naked Salisbury monkey. Legs going in every direction, and then boink, down it comes. Oh, yeah, nobody needs to see that. They really don't. Nobody needs playing. to see that. Well, that's because you're professionals. Professional idiots. Oh, man. I tell you, there's something about country towns. We just, we know how to party in ways that you city folk will never understand. Well, having sex with siblings is not... <laughs> It happens up here too. It's not all about the sex with the siblings, all right? No. But if you want the true, authentic country flavour. Oh, my God. You know what? That is so weird. Really? Because speaking of people, you know, <coughs> partying like it's 1495, <laughs> that totally brings us to the topic of this week. Would you believe? You just That's five minutes and 29 seconds Yeah. before we got to... The meat of this. Are you still really upset over what we did with the fish last week? Oh, 15 minutes I'm, of fish no, fucking... No, I'm not going... I'm not. I'm not. Okay. I'm not going back there. It's not vegan. There's no catch and release? <laughs> I hope it's catch and release. Imagine if the fish had a ping pong ball in its mouth. Oh, well, you know what? I'm... It'd be like a cuckoo clock. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. I've actually been researching actually the last couple of days. Actually, thanks to one of our uh, mega mega listeners, Alison Candy Dandy. Yay. She sent me an interesting link and I've been researching teeth in vaginas. Really? For an upcoming for an upcoming episode. Was it designed by HR Giga? Uh no, just in just in myths and the times okay. that people have found teeth in their vagina. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Tune in in the weeks to come to hear about snatches. That snatch. <laughs> we just need that movie. Have you seen that movie, Deep Rising? Yeah, of course. It has the best, you know, creature <laughs> noises ever. I'm going to make sure we have that ready to go as we do that episode. It's the best marriage ever. We're going to um, use Primus music. Oh, no. No, we don't. Bastard bat me. No. Okay. <laughs> but yes, no, no. What happens in 1495? Uh, well, I, I sh- actually, it's 1896, but it doesn't have the right same ring to it. Look, I'm not saying that people of today are soft. What I am saying <laughs> is that in 1896, people knew how to throw a good time. They did. They grew up tough. They drank out of the cholera hose. Uh, Maduri, straight from the hat. <laughs> we played until the local horse caught fire. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I have a question for you. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the city of Crush? City of Crush? Crush. No, I haven't. Sounds pretty cool, though. Even though it was the second largest city in Texas at the time, the town existed for less than a day. What? For what is still undoubtedly the greatest publicity stunt the world has ever seen. It was marketed as the Jewel of Iron Monsters. The Jewel of Iron Monsters. I wish we had a Godzilla sound. That's amazing. 
How fantastic. So did they just, is it like when you see these dickheads buying like 30 centimetres of of land in Scotland and then calling themselves a Scottish lord? Mm. Is it like that? They just kind of stop there for a bit and just go, let's call this a town. Admittedly in 1896, the good folks of Texas did not have a lot in the way of entertainment. Especially in the more remote areas. Oh, hello. You could join a farmer's group and talk about the rains. There was nary a tiger in captivity. Or you could join a church group and talk about God. Sounds like fun. Or. Yeah. On this day in September, 1896, you could travel to the middle of nowhere. Okay. And watch two train locomotives smash headlong into each other for the price of a train fare in Crush, Texas. That is... um, So this is the story of the first ever Nitro Circus. In this week's episode of It's Just a Little Crush. God. Or, pardon me boy, is that the Chattanooga Crash Crash? Oh, that's a very racist song. Oh, is it? Yeah, pardon me, boy. It's referring to the black guy on the platform. Oh, is it? Yeah, Rhonda Birchmore, man. I don't think she sings that anymore. Oh, I thought she was just, that was just for like for a For like young... a young man, no, he's talking about a black uh, station hand. Oh, excuse me. Oh, okay. Awkward. That's okay. You could have told me that. But before I, before the script, I've never seen Yes. That. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I don't have fucking precognition. Why didn't you do an episode on that? You uh, could have saved us all a lot of... Okay, I will say something heinously racist this episode and take the heat off you. Okay, thank but you. But you've got to listen to the end, people. Yes. Okay. okay? Woo! I'll say something deeply offensive. Oh, crisis over. Send your hate mail to realmothman at gmail.com. Or your dicks to at the John Brooks <laughs> on Instagram. Oh, Now, look, before this happened, the last three years had been a rough time all across the United States of America, for everyone. Yeah. In 1893, America suffered its worst economic depression. <laughs> worst, worst so far. <laughs> so far. <laughs> With thousands of people losing their jobs as business after business closed. Prior to the collapse, the biggest and best and most reliable industries and employers in the US what do you think were the number two industries? Okay, so we're talking about 1896. Mm-hmm. Only a few years ago, there was a very different industry that mm-hmm. existed in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started with an S and was more racist than what you said. Not that. Okay, not that. Not that. Okay, so yeah. the biggest industries in the United States in mm-hmm. 1896. Yes. I would suggest uh, probably mining, like iron ore mining. I'll give you a clue. Both of those industries... Start with the same letter. Oh. Yeah. Uh, cattle. Railroads and rope. Rope? Rope. Lynching was that big? You had rope for everything. That's true. You know, car, you know, just everything. Everybody needs a rope. Everybody. They were the two biggest industries. You got a lynching, you got to join two things together. Everybody needs a rope. <laughs> So they were the biggest industries. Basically, they kept the country running both figuratively and literally. So this is back in the day when hemp was rope, wasn't it? I didn't research rope. Oh, fucking. Rope. Isn't rope rope? I thought hemp rope is a new fashioned fangled no, thing. No, no. Hemp rope was very much the, the deal. Oh, there back you go. in the day. Yeah, yeah. No, a lot of seafaring was done with hemp rope. 
Oh, well, okay, I didn't qualify what kind of rope. I don't know if you had your different ropes. I am going to get tested for ADHD. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> why didn't you research rope? Yeah, my God, I didn't know this would come up. And it never occurred to me. Who wants to know what's the ropes made of? <laughs> it's rope. It's a boring fact. Move on. I'm a pub quiz nightmare. Oh, my God. I can just hear all the people at home who are into that. What's that where you tie each other up with rope? I'm so offended by my last statement. Sadomasochism. No, there's a, what they do in Japan, that very specific art with the rope tying. Where you, where you tie the people in all the very specific... Anyway, I'm going to get angry emails from very that. odd. It's not odd. It's just just tying a loved one up with some rope and suspending them from the ceiling. That's like, all. Like Dennis Rader. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it's called hobbies, John. Yeah, okay. Oh, my God. I okay. love the Japanese, but fuck me, they're weird. A little mis- You're the one standing in the corner fingering your rope. I don't think you can judge people. <laughs> so, rope. Rope. <sighs> What happened is basically economic problems started in Europe and that led to the failings of two of America, two of America's biggest employers, the Philadelphia and Reading Railroad and the National Cordage Company. Not the National Cordage Company. Yes, I know. That's when you know shit hits the fan. Absolutely. Everyone, hold on to your cords. <laughs> Imagine that, like the Cordage Company goes bust and then you've got to hang yourself with their product. Yeah, like, oh, no. Sales are back up. Woohoo! <laughs> Everyone's rehired. Stimul- oh, no, the talent pool's gone. Oh. <laughs> so basically, when those businesses went under, because they employed thousands of people all across the country, yeah. panic hit the American stock market and it promptly crashed right uh basically everyone wanted their money back and they wanted it back now unfortunately all the businesses were like we're in an economic boom and everybody had taken out large loans to expand their market and then they had to hand their market back to the banks now anyone out there just going imagine imagine an entire economy crashing because of rope just remember we live at a time where people have bought pictures of monkeys and think that they're going to buy them a house yes yeah yes (laughs) Now, as a result, a quarter of America's railroad companies filed for bankruptcy. Holy shit. Domino effect. Now, in 1895, so this is the year before the Depression, the Missouri-Kansas-Texas Railroad Company, or the Katy as it was known, had brought in 1.2 million in passenger ticket sales and three million dollars in freight. That's amazing. Look, the ticket sales were good. Yeah, they could definitely be better if you compare it into what they were bringing in with freight. Yeah. Now, the other problem is the industry was moving to new improved models, replacing 35-ton trains with 60-ton trains that were actually more efficient. Yeah. But every time they upgraded, they were left with an older, inferior locomotive that served no use. Yeah, what are you going to do? You can't sell it to a small mining company or a timber plantation. Like, you're kind of fucking stuck with it. Well, you know, they sold the odd one, you know, here and there to, you know, private, smaller... Yeah. You know, businesses, but nothing really to, you know, 
And it's not like you have recycling here. We no. can shake it down, trade it in, yeah. get money for scrap. They didn't have that. Crackheads open it up and get the copper piping out of it. Yeah, exactly. You can't just put it on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. Who, who wants to Who wants to live in this? 20-inch rims, Sony <laughs> stereo, big subs, never driven fast. Uh-huh. Whoop, whoop. I have found a lithograph of you doing burnouts in this train. I want $2,000 off. Oh my god. My favorite thing is where people always put stuff on where it's like people on like Facebook Marketplace, people have put from a pet free home and they're like you see the cat like yeah. sitting on it. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a cat walking past in the background. Uh so one day so oh we it's an economic depression. We're stuck with all these all these locomotives. What do yeah. we do? One day William Crush who was a railway agent, came up with an idea that he was certain would promote his railroad company and help them stand out from the pack. And if the event was a success, would ensure him more opportunities within the hierarchy of the company. So. Okay. For if if anyone is sitting at home, like, oh, do I dare to dream to reach out, say my hopes and dreams out loud? Will anyone laugh at me? Mum's spaghetti. You get one shot. So in 1895, William Crush requested a meeting with the executives at the Missouri Kansas Texas Railroad Company. William Crush went into the meeting and explained. Yes. This was his plan. Okay. So imagine you're an executive. Yeah. Your underling has come in. I have a very impressive moustache and mm. a top hat and a monocle. Yes. Yes, you do. Yes. William Crush went into the meeting and explained that he wanted to take two. Two locomotives? Two of the company's 35 ton locomotive trains. Couple them to carriages and ram them headlong into each other in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> that was his pitch. That's amazing. That's the whole pitch right there. <laughs> Boom. I've got this Robocop moment <laughs> where he just seizes it. You know, Ed 209's just you pulled out his six shooters and <laughs> blown someone away on New Toontown. And he's like, now's my chance. Oh my god, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Oh his plan was simple. The two trains would ram into each other in a secluded location that most people could only access via a train. That's amazing. And also, this plan is the only time in history where that shit you learned in Year 8 maths, a train leaves this station travelling <laughs> <and it's- laughs> It's the only time. Yeah, yeah, the only time. Although it turns out no one went to that lesson, as we will find out. Oh, Jesus Christ. Big ideas. Oh, dear. They would spend months advertising the event. Okay. And months selling tickets. Right. Not to the crash, but what they were selling was a train ride. So it didn't cost you anything to get in to watch the train crash. Yeah. It's literally, it's just a field in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But for just $2, you could buy a ticket on any Katie train to a special train that would take you to the remote location, give you entrance to the spectacle, and then would return you home on any Katie train 
anywhere within the state of Texas. That's amazing. That is a hell of a day out. How is this the state that gave us Pantera? I'll never know. (laughs) Now, would you believe, would you believe, there's always a naysayer. There's always someone, think of the children. That person raised a concern as to whether the boilers of the train would be able to withstand this. In the past, some train boilers had exploded in incidents. Yes. And the effect was that of a metal and steam bomb that promptly destroyed everything around it. Yes. (laughs) So the Katie executives will push that blame downwards. Uh They put their question to the engineers and asked them if they thought the boilers would survive the impact of two trains headlong. (laughs) All their engineers said yes. Wow. All but one who said, no, no way, nah-uh, ex-nay on the crash day, we're going to kill people. So the board decided to proceed and handed the project to William Crush to manage. Of course they did. (laughs) Because who doesn't love a spectacle? (laughs) Well, especially in 1896. A full 100 years before White Zombie was invented. I've already ordered the Midori. (laughs) (laughs) So before you know it, a date was set and word was spread far and wide. Word of the event splashed across headlines all over the state and the country and flyers were pinned to walls along railway stations. All throughout the summer of 1896, it was hard to find a paper in Texas that was not buzzing about the event. With some Texas papers even running daily updates on the progress of the event. How could could you imagine trying to run that event today? Like, oh, no! Like, oh my god, too. Like, oh my god, to get two Boeings to just fly into each other. <laughs> oh, oh lord, the Katie was flooded by ticket sales to the event. Uh-huh. Would you believe? No. Now, actually, three thirty-five ton trains were chosen for the spectacle. Only two were needed, but a third was to be taken just in case one of the other two trains malfunctioned on the big day. Okay. Because how awkward would that be? Performance anxiety, not the day for it. Yeah. Not in Texas. (laughs) They just make some (laughs) poor railway work. Just pretend to be a train. (laughs) Chugga, 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 (laughs) chugga. So engine 999 was painted a bright green with red trim. Ooh. An engine 1001 was painted bright red with green trim. Both of these trains then went on tours across the state of Texas and were displayed in each town. Wow. Basically, they would just roll into a town and thousands of people turned out to see the trains in person at each stop. And buy their tickets. This kind of feels like a dystopian version of Thomas the Tank Engine. (laughs) If Thomas the Tank Engine were in the final scenes of Requiem for a Dream. I was going to say the final scenes of The Hunger Games. (laughs) Ass to mouth, here we go. (laughs) Dead. Oh my God. It's just poor little like Thomas and like Gary have to be like, I don't want to do it. I won't. I shan't do it, Thomas. I shan't do it. Oh. Now, at the beginning of September 1896, 
500 workmen laid 15 miles of railway track north of Waco, Texas. <laughs> the spot was chosen because there was a shallow valley that had hills rising on three sides, which created a sort of natural amphitheatre. Nice. This would provide ample opportunity for every member of the crowd to find a vantage point to see the spectacle. And a special four miles of track was constructed off the main rail track for the collision run for safety. Well, safety first. Safety first when crashing your trains headlong in front of a large group of people. Yeah, who who expect a show. Yes. Better put some dynamite in there just in case it doesn't go off enough. It's funny you should say that. No. We'll get to it. Oh, my God. But you're thinking too small. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) You don't have what it takes to be a crane crashing spectacle artist, John. I fucking love you just, the way that they asked all these engineers, is this going to be okay? And they were like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, they're never going to do it. <laughs> Have you considered adding torpedoes? What? Yes. Oh, my God. More on that later. Uh, so in this remote valley... Two telegraph offices were established at the site, both so that William Crush could provide regular updates, not just to his bosses, but to all the hungry press. <laughs> but it was also so that reporters could send their stories on the big day. Oh. Two water wells were drilled on the site with water pipe to the top of the nearby hills with several hundred faucets placed at intervals along the pipe for the crowds. Can't go thirsty. How amazing is that? It's actually pretty cool. That's better than music festivals I've been to recently. Oh my God. And it's like, and it's, like it's free water these days. Oh my God. It's like $15 for a water that you've had to queue 20 minutes for. Yeah. Oh my God. Free taps. Can, oh, can you imagine? Oh my God. Coachella, free taps. Oh, free water. Oh. Oh, jeez, when I jizz myself. Oh, my God. I love that, you know, water has become a far bigger industry than railways, but they were just giving it away back then. Yeah. What's this crap? There's some guy called Avian who's just looking at it, just going, hmm, I wonder. I'm just going to go watch this train crash. But it's like these people who were like, oh, oh, the kids today, oh, my God, why are they, like, soaking their vodka and tampons and, like, putting them up their butts? $15 a can is why. Exactly. Plus, it's fun. If it was $15 a can at this thing, I can (laughs) guarantee there would be vodka up butts as well. Absolutely. Oh, my God. It's not the kids today. It's the pricing. Although it was Texas, so I don't think they were drinking vodka. It was probably a very nasty whiskey. whiskey, Mm. And you've just got to soak a prairie dog in it. (laughs) Just Just, lie back and and think of slavery. Oh, Lord. Now, they also constructed a grandstand for the guests of honour. For them and their whiskey-soaked dogs. Yeah. I just imagine that that's where Prairie Doggin came from when it starts coming back out. I ain't got my drunk on yet. Back up in there, Cyril. When you feel your Prairie Dog so full of whiskey, it starts coming out the other end. It's Prairie Doggin. <laughs> I'm turtle decking. Oh, Cletus, you know turtles don't hold as much liquid as a Prairie Dog. That's our next merchandise item. <laughs> whiskey-soaked Prairie Dog. 
faux prairie dogs. This is vegan, obviously. <laughs> Dr. McClallister's genuine fortified wine prairie dog for anal douching. <laughs> oh, you know that it, there's a market out there. there absolutely. There's well, there a- are those people who spend how much, like $500 a gram for that, like, monkey poo coffee? What's that? There's that creature? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, People use the poo for coffee? Yeah, because, no, it was cats. They got cats to eat coffee beans and then it basically ferments in the cat's stomach and then they fucking make coffee out of the cat shit. Which sounds like a very Cheech and Chong thing to do, you know. Oh, my dog, he ate my stash, man. Why, what am I smoking, man? Maui, wowie. No, that's Labrador, dude. Like, that kind of stuff. I never wanted a coffee so Less. bad in my <laughs> life. Like, if I was crawling through the desert and that was the only option, I'd just keep crawling. I've just figured out why all men had their pants up so high back then. They were hiding the prairie dog. That's why they all had suspenders and walked around clutching the clutching the bib of their overalls. They're keeping their ass cheeks together, trying to get that rodent to stay up there. If you could actually, like, if it wasn't for, like, all the, you know, the ambient noise, you just hear the slush. That's why they're all so squinty. Yeah. Oh my god, those claws. (laughs) Now Gary over there, he's cheating. He's using a badger. (laughs) Soaked in rum. Oh fancy. (laughs) He's from the French Quarter. (laughs) Okay. Now because of people like you, they constructed a grandstand for the guests of honor (laughs) to keep you away from them. Me and my prairie dog will stay up here in the nosebleeds. <laughs> there, is a, there is a clear line between you and your prairie dog. I just imagine someone walking along with like those hot dog things, just pitching them at people. Prairie dog. <laughs> Catch a prairie dog. I've run out of prairie dog, but I can give you some wine cooler or soaked in a canary. All I got left is Maduri. <laughs> that would be a canary. For the ladies. Supposing a canary. Oh my god. I love the way we ruin history. Uh, by turning animals into alcohol soaked suppositories. I, th- I guarantee uh, it's nothing that the ancient Romans didn't do. Oh, absolutely. If anyone was gonna soak a badger in alcohol and shove it up their ass, it was ancient Rome. One hundred percent Caligula. Yeah. Oh my god. That wasn't even to do with like, oh, like sneaking into a party. That's just Rome on a Friday night. <laughs> Oh, my Lord. They were all crazy. So, grandstand to keep the quality people away from the filth. Yeah. Okay. They had three speakers stands um, so that, unfortunately, a lot of politicians showed up, you as know, captured will. market, yeah. um, and used it basically as a platform to roll on about, you know, their policies and why you should vote for them. Ugh. Yeah. And they also constructed a stand for reporters. And there was also a bandstand. Yay. They also, and just think, to, you know how hard it is to try and get bloody infrastructure? Do you know how hard it is trying to get a bus stop added in the day and age? Like in this day and age, like it's impossible. Yeah. Like you can write all day, months, oh, I'm disabled, I can't make it to the bus stop, fuck off, no one cares. These guys, bam, in an afternoon, constructed a whole train station. It's amazing. Complete with a platform that was 2,100 feet long. Jesus. 
as well as a large painted sign which welcomed you to Crush Texas. This is the original fire festival. I love it. You cannot get this infrastructure built so quick today. There was even a temporary jail constructed for everyone trying to sneak in their illegal (laughs) prairies, prairie dogs. Uh, Imagine having to check someone's ass to make sure that their ass wasn't filled with a non-genuine rodent. (laughs) Official event prairie dog. <laughs> that there is a Jack Russell Terrier. That is not on the menu. <laughs> oh. So there was a temporary jail constructed for use by the 200 hired peace officers for the day. Would they have been Pinkertons? What kind of rope did they use? <laughs> oh my fucking God. <laughs> oh. They were deployed to crush for the day just in case the excitement became too much for people. But William Crush was only getting started. (sighs) He also rented a giant Ringling Brothers circus tent, which would house a large restaurant... It was uh, with tables and chairs for patrons. Yeah. He also set up 11 lemonade stands. Uh, Lemonade? Yes. As well as other drink beverage stations, game booths. Oh, yeah, of course. That's how they get you. Oh, yeah. And space was rented to performers and medicine sellers of the day. Oh, imagine being the sad stand-up comedians of that era who got that gig. <laughs> oh, there was row upon, upon row of carnival attractions, many of them seen at the World's Fair in Chicago. Well. This was pretty much the World's Fair, but in the dirt. (laughs) Yep. The construction foreman told the Galveston Daily News, (coughs) This feature alone will be worth going to Crush City to see. This is going to be the event in Texas this year. Nobody was arguing. No. I don't think. No, I think it's quite legitimate. Kenneth Foire of the Dallas News wrote, Crush's dream caught the gay 90s fancy. It spread until people talked of little elf, politics, the chief entertainment at Texas Crossroads went into hibernation until the wreck was over. I can't believe Texas was more accepting of the gay 90s fancy than it is today. We need to get back to that time, Texas. You were all about the gay 90s fancy back then. It was exciting. You caught train tickets to get involved in it. Yeah. That's how I wish it was today. (laughs) William Crush told reporters, how many people do you think he was expecting on the big day? Look, for all that shit, 50,000. Surely. William Crush was a conservative man. Okay. And he told reporters that he was expecting 20,000 people on the big day. Right. That's, who's going to come and want to see this? Yeah. And he actually had five tank cars of artisanal waters. Ooh. And several tons of ice shipped in on the day for patrons to purchase. Even selling vomit sawdust. Yes. I'm sure. Yes. Oh, yeah. I still haven't heard mention of a paramedic being in attendance of this. (laughs) Paramedic. (laughs) What happens if you over-soak your prairie dog? and People were not soft in the... You died like a man. (laughs) Or a lady. (laughs) Oh, my 
God. Women can get twice as drunk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're not soft like you. We can, we can put two prairie dogs That's up there. That's what I mean. Yeah. One in the front, one in the back. <laughs> Woo! Business and party. <laughs> Sick. Oh, my God. Paramedics. Oh, Lord. Now, the first of... 33 fully loaded event trains arrived at Crush at daybreak on September the 15th, 1896. And by 3 p.m., so this was around sort of like the last time that they had a count and then they kind of just lost count after 3 p.m. Yeah. By 3 p.m., over 40,000 people had arrived by train. Wow. That's obviously not including people who had, I mean, some would have just ridden a horse. Yeah. (laughs) Because all of these trains were full, some passengers were forced to spend the entire journey sitting on top of the rail carriages. What? And you're like, oh, better have a medic at the event. If they weren't decapitated on route. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, shit. The Galveston Daily News wrote, Men, women and children, lawyers, doctors, merchants, farmers, artisans, clerks, representing every class and every grade of society were scattered around over the hillsides or clustered around the lunch stands discussing with eager anticipation the exciting event that they had come so far to see. That event was not a full stop. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, let me just have a... The old uh, mother's milk. The crash itself was scheduled to commence at 4pm. Right. But trains loaded with passengers were still arriving at 4pm. Okay. So the crash was pushed back to 5pm. It's always good when things like this start to happen. Mm, Always mm, a good sign. mm, Yeah. Uh, so the array of politicians seized the opportunity to once more get up and prattle on long-winded political campaign speeches from the stands. But by Someone's this, just going, oh, kill me. I know, seriously. Oh, I'm just laying down on the platform tracks. <laughs> Lord Jesus, just take me. <laughs> oh. By this time, Crush had become the second largest city in Texas. Okay. Yeah. You think about what every hour of delay does to the logistics of an event like this. Yeah. Suddenly there's less food, there's less water, there's less prairie dogs. <laughs> like people are going to start getting drunk and angry. Yeah, people like, yeah, prairie dogs are getting dry. Yeah. Like, yeah, whoo. Like it's good when you're at that drunk, when that starts to wear off. <sighs> Not good. Oh, yo, yo, yo. It's okay. They've got a jail that can hold 200 people. <laughs> oh, Lord. William Crush rode around the event on a horse <laughs> in a white suit. Oh, really? And a white hat overseeing all aspects of the big day. And a sash to let everyone know. Really? Yes. Nothing like a bit of hubris. I love, I love a good sash. <laughs> a good sash. Oh, my God. Come on, seriously, who wouldn't, like, if you had the chance to wear a sash, you take the opportunity to wear your sash. Where do you even get a sash? I just, I'm saying, it's like, I don't know, you got to be like Miss America or Captain America yeah. or, yeah. There's no sash world. <laughs> oh my God, maybe we need to make Gavin in the Woods sashes. Yeah, that'd be great. He could be special. <laughs> Head honcho. <laughs> Train wreck jefe. 
Um, head cock squash. Yeah. Uh, there you uh. go. Um, ghoul to be. <laughs> now, at 5 p.m., the, tru- the two trains slowly rolled into the projected point of impact. Right. And the two trisses, the two trisses, the two trains <laughs> kissed their cow guards and photos were taken. Yes. Both of the cars then pulled, they pulled six rail cars behind them. And because, you know, of course, safety first, um, they were worried that the pins might snap. So everything was secured by heavy chains. Okay. Linking each carriage to the next. Nice. Nice bit of inertia. Mm. And because they also, they were like, well, this is not going to work if all the carriages are completely empty. No. So all of the carriages were filled with... Confetti. Random things that were found at the train station. Union organisers. You know, just bits of metal, bolts, um, just a lot of heavy metal objects that couldn't possibly cause any problems later on whatsoever. No, it's Mm. not the pipe bomb express. No, 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 it's just for weight. Yes, weight. Yes, Ballast. So they had the six cars and each of the cars were covered in bright, gaudy advertising. Oh, imagine buying those ads. <laughs> Some of the companies that advertised yeah. were, of course, the Katie Rail Company. Yep. Makes sense. Dr. McAllister's finest prairie dogs. The Ringling Circus. Oh, man. The Oriental Hotel. The Oriental Hotel. Mm-hmm. That's- Etc. Just- Big event. Sash World. Yes. <laughs> PrairieDog.com. <laughs> so if someone's gone out and registered that, I bet you. Yeah. I'm going in two weeks' time, I'm going to go check to see the website, PrairieDog.com. Oh my God, 100%. I'm checking now. Yeah, do it. Oh my God. And like I said, the cards were loaded with just, you know, small things, you know, wheels, um, various train parts. So after they had their little photo opportunity, the two trains then slowly backed up the low hills behind them in opposite directions. Yep. Now, there are certain ways that I think people react when you tell them, if I was to tell you, you know what, we're going to get these two giant trains and they are going to smash into each other. Yep. What would your first reaction to that be? I would like to see that, but from a very safe distance. For the last few months, hundreds of people had all contacted the railway begging and even offering to pay to be allowed to ride in the railway carriages involved in the collision. Why? Just for the notoriety. Why? So they could tell people. Wow. I was in one of the trains that was involved in a horrible train wreckage. It's like being an Instagram influencer in the 1890s. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if we did that today? I'd be like, yes, put the influencers on the train. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, make your TikToks. <laughs> we'll take you to a place. <laughs> Choo-choo. <laughs> by the way, prairiedog.com, it's already taken by a Japanese cake company. 
When you say cake, do you mean that in quotation, like bum no, cake? Uh, no, not bum cake. Oh, no. oh is bumcake.com. Is I'm, that copyrighted? Okay, I'm going to put bum cake in. <laughs> put bum cake in and see what happens. Bumcake.com. Oh, dear God. This is going to be worse than the fish, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. If, that, if that's not taken, we need to take that. It's loading, and I'm going. Oh, the, the bum cake is oh, your bum God. cake is loading. Your bum cake is loading. Honestly, mm. it's another Japanese website. I'm not surprised. I can't actually I'm say. Really not either. What the fuck is this? Oh, they appear to be uh, taking bets. Oh, there you go. Bum cake. Yeah. Bum cake bets. <laughs> I think that's the actually that's the best description of a bet. You're just throwing. You may as well just shove the money up your ass. Pretty much. <laughs> um. <laughs> Actually, no, it'd probably be safer. At least you get a return. Hey! Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, Prince Charles gets to be that tampon. <laughs> oh, sorry, hundreds of people begging to be allowed to be in the carriages. Yeah. And you know somebody thought about it. Oh, you know it. someone in the company is like, well, if we could sell. Yeah, premium packages. Shockingly, the railway ended up declining all of the requests. Safety first. I'm actually really genuinely surprised that they said no. Yeah, less room for pipe bombs. What do they do? <laughs> so the trains have now backed up into their adjourning corners. Yep. <sighs> the tension's in the air. Yeah, like Smell s- of stale, sun-roasted prairie dogs. <laughs> like steel goats about to charge at each other. William Crush appeared on his white horse at the halfway point in front of the crowd. William Crush raised his white hat into the air slowly. (laughs) He's a showman. And then held it for some time in the air. It's like an apocalyptic Colonel Sanders. Just as the expectation almost became too much, Crush whipped his hat down and the crowd went wild, cheering and pressed forward to be closer to the action. No. And the trains began to move. (laughs) Now, it had been decided that... For safety reasons. Okay. That people should not be allowed to stand directly in front of the impact. That's fair. No, for safety, they would be kept 200 yards. 200 yards? Or 600 feet away. Enough of your voodoo fucking measurements. What's that in metres? Let's Uh, let's get the fucking real stuff here. How much rope is it? (laughs) I need to know. Oh God, yeah, how much of my rope do I have to lay out? Fucking, oh my God. You know all the fences were made of rope. So 600 yards to metres? No, it was 200 yards. Oh, okay. Yeah. 200 yards. So 200 yards, what's that in metres? 200. That's really not very far. How far? It's 182 metres. Okay. That's not far at all. However. Okay. The reporters and photographers were positioned only 100 yards. No. Or 300 feet or... No. How many metres? 91.4 metres. That's nothing. 
We and, make children run that in running races. And that is from the ex- from the middle of the actual intended point of contact. Wow. It's like, okay, we're going to take you to the Castle Bravo test. Here's some sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Fuck. But on the day okay. when it happened, no. people pressed forward to within a few feet what? A few feet. You could reach out and touch the train. People pressed, broke through the rope barriers. Limp biscuit at Woodstock 96. Like, yes. Okay. To be within a few feet of the projected impact site. Oh, my God. And had to be forcibly and aggressively pushed back by the 200 peace officers. Oh, God. I say Darwinianism, you know, we need to th- oh, well, this, that hurt. This only happens in a state where they don't teach evolution. <laughs> Let's put it that way. What is it? Was that you said that what, that thing you said one time that it's ironic that the people who are so adamant against teaching um, evolution are the people most likely to display it? <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds too intelligent for something I said. Uh, so get them back, get them back. Holy the train drivers quickly pushed their trains to full throttle. I bet you hadn't thought about the train drivers, had you? No, I figured it would have been rigged in some way, like with, a, with an orphan <laughs> child or an urchin or perhaps some leftover slaves. It was a train. I'm a professional. There's a union. Okay. The train drivers quickly pushed their trains to full throttle. Yeah. And then when the trains hit 10 miles per hour... Mm-hmm. Both drivers had to literally leap from the moving trains. 10 miles an hour is not so bad. That's 20 k's. That's wa- that's just over walking speed. Oh, oh, well. Well, I wouldn't want to do it, but oh, at least they're not going to be fucking on it. <laughs> Charles Kane was one of the locomotive engineers tro- chosen to drive one of the trains on the day. Yeah. So your boss has come to you yeah. and has pretty much said, hey, Kano, yeah. um, just think, I don't know, you're doing anything this Sunday? I'm you, going fishing. You go, well, 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 maybe. How do you feel about, you know, you know how you like to drive trains. You like driving the trains. Like, it's really, you know. It's, it's what I do. It's why my name's Kano yeah. the train driver. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is, so how would you feel? Like, if that's special. Like, I know you think that, that's pretty special. That's, that's an event. Pretty special. How would you feel if we had... Two of those special trains driving into each other. Like you just you just literally drove it into another train. How do you feel about how special would that be? Hey, how honoured would you be? Well, would I get to drive it? Yes, you'd be you'd be driving the train into the other train, which would also be driven by another man driving his train into your train. Just head on. Just just I might have to have a prairie dog to take the edge <laughs> off, but I'd probably do it. <clears throat> this is the letter that he wrote to William Crush. Okay. After he was informed that he would be driving his train headlong into another train. Yeah. It turns out, so he sent this to him just before the big day. And it turns out he only had one request regarding this new job requirement that had him leaping from a moving train. Yeah. 
What do you think that request is? What would you ask for? What would it take for you to agree to leap out of a moving train that was about to hit headlong into another train? Uh, I would want mattresses for me to land on. Oh, my God. It was 1896. The mattress was probably harder than the dirt. Probably. Yeah. It was just dirt with some rope over it. Okay, so I want buxom wenches to land on with pillowy breasts. You'd, you'd never be classy enough to be a, a railway engineer. <laughs> I don't think a railway engineer has ever described a woman as having pillowy breasts. <laughs> oh, no. I think, I think you're about to be proved wrong. Okay. This is the letter from William... Uh, Charles, sorry, Charles Kane to his employer. Okay. <clears throat> the vocation of a locomotive engineer is an honourable and high calling. Mm. More than the usual honour is added to the calling by the fact that I have been selected as one of the men to get the trains together under a full head of steam. <laughs> Therefore, I humbly ask that you provide a safe, sure, and speedy pony, equipped and ready at the point where I am to leave the engine, so that I may mount and ride to the scene in due form, becoming and befitting the dignity of an engineer. For you yourself can readily see how undignified it would appear for me to go plodding along like a plebeian to the wreck after all is over. I submit this to you for your consideration, hoping that you will see the dignity and gravity of the situation and save me a long walk. Yours faithfully, Charles Kane. That's the Gettysburg address of <laughs> give me a horse so I can watch this shit blow up. Of me leaping out of a fucking train. Yeah. Dude, you're jumping out of a fucking moving train. Yeah. There is no dignity befalling <laughs> you. I want a fast horse and a faster woman. <laughs> the other driver yeah. simply leapt from the train, did a barrel roll, stood up and took a bow. <laughs> Imagine, imagine a kamikaze pilot writing that letter. It's like, shut the fuck up and have your sake. Yeah. Oh, my God. He had way too long in his engine. He to really like, did. Lot of alone time. Lot of alone time in that there train. Uh, so, yeah, so he <laughs> dignified, removed himself and onto a parody. Another man's doing... You know, a barrel roll. I like the guy that just did, do a flip. <laughs> so he does. And the kick flip was invented. <laughs> Parkour. Oh, my God. Then you're just left with two full steam locomotives barreling down. Powering towards a crowd that is crushing at the track. Mm-hmm. Locomotives, each with six carriages, filled with coins and nails. Shrapnel. Typewriters. <laughs> yeah. Confederate statues. I'm I'm sure there were some saws, some (laughs) hammers. Just forks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Shipment of Bowie knives for some reason. We're not sure why. Oh, Lord. A model of Pinhead from Hellraiser. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my Lord. How about we let the news newspaper describe what happened next? Now... It's a golden rule in journalism mm. that you should, if you see an adjective, kill it with an axe. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they're allowed to use adjectives for this. <laughs> the rumble 
of the two trains. Faint and far off at first, but growing nearer and more distinct with each fleeting second was like the gathering force of a cyclone. Nearer and nearer they came, the whistles of each blowing repeatedly, and the torpedoes which had been placed on the track exploding in almost a continuous round like the rattle of musketry. Torpedoes? Yes. Um, I said we'd come back to this. Basically, they took the inside part of the torpedo. Yeah. Um, so that it was set up every time the train wheel would go off it, would yeah. go over that part, it would let off an explosion. Yeah. Of obviously not like a dangerous blow it up explosion, just like a an explosion of like smoke and Yeah. So it basically it's um just a little bit of showbiz. Yes. Yeah. Just but all along the track. Just Yeah. That looked kind of cool. They rolled down at a frightful rate of speed to within a quarter of a mile of each other. Nearer and nearer as they approached the fatal meeting place, the rumbling increased, the roaring grew louder. Now that they were within ten feet of each other, the bright red and green paint on the engines and the gaudy advertisements on the cars showing clear and distinct in the glaring sun. A crash! A sound of timbers rent and torn, and then a shower of splinters. <laughs> there was just a swift instance of silence. <laughs> and then, as if controlled by a single impulse, both boilers exploded simultaneously, and the air was filled with flying missiles of iron and steel varying in size from a postage stamp to half of a driving wheel. Holy fuck! Whoa! Those wheels are huge! Modern estimates suggest the trains were travelling at approximately 50 miles per hour when they collided, with a force of impact between one to two million pounds of force. Holy fuck. It's safe to say they were not prepared for the power of the impact. No. Everyone in their plans had expected that the trains would impact, they would meet each other on the track, yeah, and then would just go up into a nice inverted V in the air and come to a halt. Because they've probably had train incidents in the past mm. where people have leant on the brakes, mm-hmm. there's been probably no loading to it, they've, they've literally hit each other at five miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And it's been, te- it's been scary, but you live. <laughs> they were, let's say, they did not expect what was to happen. And they were certainly not prepared for the two locomotives to simply fold in on themselves like telescopes. <laughs> and they certainly were not prepared for both boilers to explode like bombs. Yeah. A hailstorm of shrapnel, wood, metal, steam, scalding water shot out. <laughs> the blast threw some of the crowd to the ground. People turned and ran in terror as the debris rained down. Oh no. Oh god. So if you miss the direct blast zone, you're going to get the you're going to get the fallout. 
And some of the people were saying some of the larger bits, it was like you see in movies and you're like, that can't be real. You could actually see the giant pieces like flying through the air, like coming towards you. And some of these pieces were like, you know, like the whole bottom half of the train yeah. that connects all the wheels. That like was the comrades, just, yeah. yeah, just went flying through the crowd. <laughs> One of those present was an ex-soldier who had fought in the American Civil War. Oh, dear. He reportedly said that between the explosions, shrapnel, people running in fear and dropping to the ground, he found the scene to be more frightening than the last charge at Gettysburg. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) What was that, like 50,000 people killed or something? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, apparently he was there. This was worse. Fuck. One of the first to be injured... Oh, of course. It was an old man sash on his horse. ...was the lead photographer, J.C. Dean, who, as he stood ready to capture a photograph at the moment of impact, a bolt flew from the wreckage and lodged directly into his eye. Oh, not my photography eye. And other bits of shrapnel lodged into his skull. Oh, God. Somehow, and this is miraculous, but again, this is only people who were officially recorded on the day. Yeah. So this number, everyone agrees, would have been a lot more, but these were just the ones who managed to make it to officially report it to the officials at the event. Yeah. Okay. Somehow, only three people, two men and a woman, were reported as being killed instantly. Instantly. Six others reported being seriously injured. Countless others were injured by shrapnel falling debris or the stampede that ensued. Okay. Teenager Ernest Darnell, who had climbed a tree to get a better view was hit right between the eyes by a giant hook connected to a chain. Oh, no. Which had been used to secure the train carriages together for safety, and it pretty much split his head in two. Christ. A person nearby was knocked into the head, fell in a coma. Oh. DeWitt Barnes, who was standing between his wife and a female friend, was struck by a fragment of wreckage and died instantly. Oh, dear. Another man was just simply cut in two. Oh. Local farmer Theodore Millenberg had also climbed a tree to get a better view of the crash. He somehow avoided the wreckage, but the sight of all the blood and injuries and seeing people cut in half was too much for the farmer, who began to feel woozy and then fell from the tree, breaking his leg and dislocating his hip. (laughs) People were hit by debris up to half a mile away from the crash site. Oh, man. Luckily, they had taps to just run it under. Yeah, and one paramedic. Just imagine all the prairie dogs hitting the ground <laughs> as everyone shat themselves. It would have been like hearing rain on a tin roof. <laughs> yeah, there was another kind of shrapnel flying that they were not, they were not talking about. Oh my god! Oh. 
worse than the last charge at Gettysburg. Holy shit. (sighs) (sighs) Well, they got a show. (laughs) That's $2 worth, I reckon, right there. Uh, But the problem was... Yeah. Those were not the last injuries of the day. Oh, dear. Once the debris stopped falling, the crowd turned and rushed back towards the wreckage. Please tell me they wanted souvenirs. Oh, desperate to get a souvenir. Jesus Christ. I got a head. People jumped into the wreckage and began piling onto it. They were just piling onto the wreckage, trying to record souvenirs. A lot of them received souvenirs in the form of severe burns. (laughs) Not that this detail stopped most people who went, I'm about to put a jacket on it. (laughs) It seems not one of the spectators left without a souvenir from the wreckage, either by desire or by injury. Yeah, get it pulled out of yourself, it's even better. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's like great. Ping! Clean-up crews moved in to remove the wreckage that was left and dismantled the town. <laughs> Pretty sure it's carnage at this point. <laughs> the thing is, you've just... How... What I don't understand is, once you see those two trains crash into each other and you sheer, see the sheer devastation, yeah. how, are you, how do you then go get on a train again? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this will be fine. Yeah. What, what's the worst that could happen? Oh. <laughs> oh. Mind you, plenty of people go to air shows and then still fly. You know, that's true. It's like, yeah, well, I'll never be on a Cessna, so. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, not the people where the planes land on them, yeah. but yeah. Oh. So the cleanup crews moved in to remove the wreckage that was left and dismantled the town. By midnight, Crush had essentially been wiped off the face of the earth. <laughs> the explosion made it easier. Yes, that is, yeah, <laughs> when most of it is just blown shit. That, that helps with the clean-up. So just remember that next time you've got to pack up after a birthday party. Imagine the guy's like, my wish, finally I've got a fast horse. <laughs> and then he runs down and sees that. Just in time. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Somersault Boy, he's safe. He's fine, yeah. he's. Oh, my God. Uh, William Crush was fired by the company immediately. <laughs> oh, so good. I know you're shocked. But, do you want to hear the but? Oh, please, please tell me you got hired by someone else. The overnight reaction was not the bad press the Katie officials had expected. You're joking. The event was lauded as a huge success and received positive press coverage across the country, even across the world, who all talked about the marvellous spectacle. That is American capitalism laid bare right there. Only a few people died. What a spectacle. William Crush was rehired by the company... (laughs) The following day. Oh, with demands, no doubt. I want a fast horse. I want two sashes. Because the company was already starting to see a huge surge in exposure and business. Oh, my God. People saw those two trains be obliterated and went, oh, they got my business. That's amazing. I put my whole family on there. (laughs) The Katie 
bless them, they didn't try to fuck about. They moved in very quickly and paid personal injury and wrongful death claims from the incident to all people quickly and quietly. They paid the people or the families of the deceased were compensated with cash. Okay. And free rail passes. Again, American capitalism laid bare. <laughs> Amazing. The photographer, if you remember Joe Dean, who had taken the bolt to his eye. Yeah. Miraculously survived the injury. Okay. He was actually given $10,000, which is about $355,000, I think, today. Uh-huh. Um, was given that by the company. And was also given a lifetime of free train travel. <laughs> Fucking hell. Sorry about your Ah, here's a train pass. <laughs> Choo-choo. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Holy fuck. Mm-hmm. Wow. A few months after the collision, JD even returned to work. After he placed the following notice in the Waco newspaper. Okay. <coughs> Having gotten all the loose screws and hardware out of my head, I am now ready for all photographic business. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's like Maury's wigs. <laughs> Pool proof. <laughs> the fact that like it's like, oh yeah, now now you can travel the con- you can travel the country with your free rail pass. You can see the country. Well, you can see half of it. <laughs> Oh, what happened? Oh, and I forgot to—I forgot to tell you to um, download it. But we'll have to—we'll have to add it. Scott Joplin, a Texas-born ragtime musician. Yeah, he wrote a shit ton of really famous music. Yeah, well, he was believed to have been part of the crowd that day. Really, and did not die. He actually composed music to commemorate the event, calling it "quote." The Great Crush Collision March. <laughs> Fair enough. It was released uh, one month after the crash, and the composer actually included instructions on the score on how the performer was to replicate the sounds of the train crash through various musical techniques and specific notes. That's amazing. So I think we'll actually we'll put a we'll put a link up on our uh, on our page linking you to the bit of. Uh, music. I have listened to it. It's very, it's kind of like, oh, you know, hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Oh my God, it's been a train. <laughs> like, it's very, like, ah. He was dealing with some trauma. Yeah, he's yeah. dealing with some trauma. Uh, the Katie would spend the next few decades expanding across the state. Yeah. And by, and not just, it flew through the state. <laughs> <laughs> Mind blowing prices. And by 1931, was bringing in $10 million annually. Unbelievable. On the 1st of December 1989, the Katy merged into the Union Pacific Railway System. (laughs) Fair enough. Despite the disaster, that did not prevent other railroads from attempting to recreate the spectacle at Crush. No! And in the period from 1896 to 1932, yeah, saw nearly get fucked. 
How many, how many how many times do you think someone else gave it a go? I reckon I'll, I'll be generous. Carnage. And, I'll say, worse than Gettysburg. I will say generously that two companies were dumb enough to try this. Nearly 100 orchestrated train collisions happened between 1896 and 1932. Although none reached the heights or depths... <clears throat> Or range wow. of the crash at Crush. That's amazing. The crash at Crush is remembered by a small plaque several miles from the site in West Texas. It has been stolen twice by souvenir hunters. <laughs> As for old William George Crush. Yeah. He continued to work for the Katie for the next 57 years. Years until his retirement. Although even after retiring, he would still walk down to his local train station each day to greet the folks travelling on the Katie. What a fucking psychopath. <laughs> what a psychopath. There's a man who loves his job. There's a man returning to the scene of his crimes. <laughs> Just remembering. Just sexualising it. Oh, hear the shrieking. Yeah. <sighs> That's a guy that jerks off into a sock full of fucking cogs and nails. <laughs> While reading about the last charge of Listening to Scott Joplin music. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, put on them brakes. Oh. oh, don't. I'm on my fast horse. Do a flip. <laughs> oh, just holds his hat up into the air <laughs> until the moment of climax. Ah, oh, I've spent... American capitalism. That is fucking amazing. So that is the crash at Crush, the most impressive or unimpressive orchestrated train collision in American history. I say this with deep reverence, admiration and respect. Mm. There is no one in this world crazier than a yank Mm. who wants to put on a really weird show. (laughs) Puts on a spectacle. Because there are there are some spectacles. There is another story that we do need to cover in the future mm. about something that happened in the wake of the movie Jaws. And, oh, God. Yeah. And two mob-connected, low, like, low-life dudes who decided what? to put on the spectacle of a lifetime. I'll tell you more about that later. Oh, my God. Yeah, that sounds like an episode. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. You, you'll have to look into that one. I'm still doing the Vaginas with Teeth yeah. um, episode. Well, this basically is Vaginas with Teeth. Choo-choo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Anyone out there, if you want more of this high-quality puns, you know what? Come see us live. You know what? Then you can just feel the sweaty uncomfortableness live in person. I love that we've done the ad at the end. When everyone else has just tuned out at the 15th reference to rope or prairie dogs soaked in whiskey. <laughs> I know, we're going to have to start putting it at the beginning. God damn it. Well, no, maybe some people have just got to the end. They're like, I'm going to skip all the filth and just get to the end. Yes, come see us. We are at the world famous Rhino Room. Um, Saturday, 25th of February. Tickets at fringeticks.com.au. 4.30pm. It is not a kid's show. It is a day drinking event show. Yeah, it's the only time that we could get an hour and a half during the Fringe to mm. put on a whole show. So. Yeah, that, that wasn't Sunday night in the closet. Yeah. Yeah. That's later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bring a prairie dog. <laughs> oh, my God. Liz has the whiskey. <laughs> and, just, and just remember, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Just before he leaps off the train, a real mothman leap that carpet. <laughs>
And there's no no in necrophilia or let's crash two trains together for the spectacle. God, I love Texas. <laughs> yeah, fucking oath. They're cool. 